Thanks for tuning back in to the No Referees podcast, our new series called Legendary Legends. The very first legend we sat down with has won a handful of NBA championships, actually almost two handfuls. He won championships on three different teams, and it was really, really cool to sit down and kind of chop it up with him. Robert Orr, Big Shot Bob, as you know. Uh, In the first part of this series, we spoke about um, the current climate in America with COVID and with social injustice. We talked about him growing up in the deep south in Alabama and what that looked like, different type of prejudice instances and issues he faced growing up in the deep south. We also talked about when he was uh, in his prime uh, in the NBA playing that when he had uh, people that would come up to him after autographs, how he handled some of those situations and a couple cool fun stories. Also in this interview, my special guest co-host is Chris White. He was actually my supervisor when I was an intern with the San Antonio Spurs. He was the assistant strength coach. So he actually facilitated this interview with Robert Ory because he spent so many days, hours, and times uh, with Robert during the two NBA championships. So please enjoy this interview. Be great. Thank you. Welcome to the No Referees Podcast, where we have unpenalized conversations with sports personalities on industry news, their grind, the game, and much more. Please check us out on our social media pages at No Referees Pod for up-to-date info on the show. No rules, no texts, no whistles. This is No Referees Podcast. Welcome back to No Referees Podcast. Alongside our special guest co-host, Chris White, I'm your host, Everest Akajobi, bringing you one of one of one series, Legendary Legend Series, where we have icons of the game to join the show to give us a sneak peek behind the curtain on, how, on everyday grind to sustain greatness. Our first, first guest of the Legendary Legend Series really need no introduction. He's a seven-time NBA champion. He's one of only two players in NBA history to win an NBA championship with three teams has one of the most iconic shooting forms you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> you can find him on Twitter at RKORI. Roll Tide Finest, Mr. Robert Ori. How you doing, brother? Man, I'm good, man. You know, I appreciate you saying Roll Tide Finest because I always feel that way. This is crazy that we, uh, we got this interview set up today because I know you done heard it 15 million times. But this, this song... It's a part of my playlist, so I got to make sure I play it one time. Let me get a cracking, because here we go. Hey. 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 Hey, Rob, whenever you hear a song like that, they give you a shout-out, you know, what do you think when you hear something like that? Man, you know, I always get a kick out of it when I hear my names and songs. I, you know, from, uh, you know, Travis Scott to um, Kevin Gates. I think the funniest thing ever was I had, uh, I rolled up to a stop sign and a guy was playing a song. It was Kevin Gates' song. And as soon as he said Robert Orr, he looked over and looked at me and, and gave me one of those looks like. And then the light turned green I drove off. And you can see he was like, is that Robert Ory? So it's, it's always funny to hear my, my names and songs. So it's, it's a cool thing. 
Do you ever Let's know? Have arrived. <laughs> Do you ever know that those songs are going to come out? Do you ever know those songs are going to come out before they come out? Did they ever hit you up and let you know? No, I, I don't. You know, I've never. You know, the crazy part is forever and ever. Everybody was from you know from Ace Town to Cali, like Robert O and Zebo, and that's what everybody was you know knowing me for from that song. The next thing you know, you got you know all these other cats, Lil Wayne, you know, uh, and all these iconic. Rappers, when you know, if you're an kind of rapper and you know my name and you put me in the song, you know, who cares about what else is going on? <laughs> that's cool, man. Yeah, I, like for the last two or three years, that song's been on my playlist. And when this guy set up, I was like, man, I gotta play, I gotta play my song. <laughs> uh, you know, crazy, but you know, I, I, I love I, I, future something about future music, even though uh, I'm not in this song, it just makes you want to get up and you know. As old folks would say, cut a step. <laughs> we just want to uh, just give you some praise. You know, uh, No Referees Podcast, one of the very first things we ask all our guests that comes on, now we're no rules, no text, no whistles. So this is basically unpenalized. And mm-hmm. so we just want to tell our fans and our listeners out there who's a fan of Robert Ory, back in the day and growing up in Alabama, Roll Tide, or your first couple years in the NBA, when was the very first time you got teched up or the very first time you got into it a referee? Well, I, I, you know, going to Alabama, I got a lot of texts, but none from refs, you know, from getting into it with other players. I think uh, the first time I got attacked, tech was from Hugh Hollins when I got into the NBA. And it's, it's weird because you, I remember that because it was like $1,000 gone out the window. Like, I'm like, no, I need my money, you know. And, like, and it was, you look at him and after a while you're like, you know what? You're gonna take me up regardless, so I'm just gonna go at you. I'm gonna get my money's worth. <laughs> you gonna give me? You gonna hit me for a, a, a one thousand? I'm gonna get my money's worth. What's uh one of your teammates that you saw that went over the line? Like, damn, dude, like you can you can calm down. <laughs> if, if, I, you know, it's it's weird. I played with Vernon uh, Maxwell. I, I played with a lot of controversial players. I, I you know, it's no. I don't think in my mind nobody has ever gone on a lot over the line. I think the, the only time in my eyes as everyone over the line was in reverse but one of the refs went over the line. I think, you know, uh, C. White was there with me when this happened. When, Alice! Um, <laughs> when, <laughs> when Tim got thrown out of the game for laughing and it was just one of the things it looked like. At first, I thought he was talking to me because I was sitting next to Tim because the calls in this game, I never want to say anything bad about the refs, but these calls were just horrendous. I mean, they were awful. And we were, it was so bad, we were laughing about him on the bench and then he just Tossed him for laughing. That's crazy. Yeah, everybody. I'm just looking like, um, who's he talking to? Yeah. And then I, the the reaction on y'all's face was like, uh, is he talking to me? And then you looked at Tim, and Tim looked pointed like, was he talking to me? And just yeah. busted out laughing. So I was like, crazy. No, I'm talking to you. I'm so sick of your BBB. Get up, you know. Next thing, look, Tim walking to the locker room. We like, wow, he has really lost it. He must have had a bad day at the office. Or his, his wife is cheating on him. His dog got ran over. Something. He was having a bad day. <laughs> so we want to talk about uh, some of your first first couple years in the league. Uh, but we want to. I just want to ask you a question just about Alabama. Just mm-hmm. being a guy from Alabama, growing up in the Deep South. You know, these times, these days, with a lot of uh, things going on in our country. You know, uh, mom from Texas. See, wife from Texas. You know, but being being a guy from Texas in the South is a lot different from growing up in Alabama in the South. So I just want you to give us some 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 insight, some background of what it was like to grow up in in that state, 
and some of the stuff that you probably faced growing up as an athlete and some of the stuff you're seeing today with these current events. You know, with all the social injustice going on in this world and uh, growing up in Alabama, you, you got a, you got an eyeful, you know, you pulling down the wrong street, you know, and then you run up on a Klan meeting and you try to, you hope to God that, you know, you, you get out of there streets you couldn't walk down because of the color of your skin and people call you the n-word and it, it was weird because growing up my favorite sport was baseball and um this is a funny story we had on our all-star team we were only allowed three blacks and it wasn't like it was it was that unwritten rule that everybody knew but my my team was all black and we only had one guy to make it off the team and that was the coach's son <laughs> and i didn't make it and I, and I led the league in home runs and so what they used to do was they would take the all-star team and play the team that won it that year, and we won it. And so the coach was like, all right, who's going to pitch? I said, I'm pitching. I don't care what we do. To make a long story short, we ended up beating the all-star team 32-6. to six. And you should have seen how upset the people in the crowd, you know, certain people upset in the crowd. And I remember my mom and my whole six, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you want to keep my son off the all-star team? Yeah, Rob, strike him out. You know, it was just funny. And it was just one of those things where it's the first time you ever, as a kid, it hits you in your heart. You know, it makes you so upset that you put all your energy and effort to show people up. You know, I said, like, I'm going to show you. You don't want to put me on the all-star team because of the color of my skin. I'm going to make you regret not having me on that team. And after we beat the brakes off them, they never, they never let the winning team play the all-star team to get them ready again because of that moment, you know? And even though nobody, there's a moment in history that is, won't be written down anywhere, but in my mind, it was my, my way to, you know, sort of say fight the power. But it, it, it was a lot of things like that that happened to me growing up, you know, walking into places and people ignoring you, not getting served. You know, I mean, even when I um, finally made it to the NBA, I walked in the car dealership and all these people walking past me. And then finally, the guy in the back comes out and says, uh, can I help you? I said, not anymore. I was getting ready to buy a car. And as I was walking out, this black guy was coming in from lunch. He says, Robert, oh, hey, what would you do? I said, well, I was going to buy a car. But nobody offered man, give me a chance. So I said, I guess you better be glad you're a brother. And so I bought a car from him. And I looked at everybody, and I kind of gave us the finger, like, you know, screw you. You know, I can, you know, because people just judge you by the color of skin. Had no idea who I was, what I was doing, or what I could provide for anybody. But they judge you. They judge you by the color of your skin, and it's wrong. And I hate that it happens that way. I know my step, my stepfather, being from uh, Tuskegee, uh, I heard yeah. some. I, I heard a lot of his stories and stuff like that. And uh, it, you know, is it? It's hard to think about that stuff, but that stuff is really out there, and it still goes yeah. on to this day. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, it's, it's so. I took I took my wife, who's Mexican, and my son, who's mixed to Alabama, you know, they were like, oh, yeah, it's, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. I'm like, this is just two years ago. And you take us like, wow, you can just feel it sometimes. I said, yeah, this is, you know, I hate that I don't come home and see my parents as much as I should my family. But it's just I can't I can't deal with, you know, the side eye, the racism and the things of that nature, how, how, how people treat you. But, you know, you it's home. And my mom is there. My family's there. So you have to put up with it. But. I know some of the things when you, you know, you, you, you kind of walk around and says, you know, hey, I got a lawyer. I got money to pay for him. Don't try me. <laughs> so, Rob, just standing right there, you know, I know a couple of days ago or recently we saw uh, uh, NFL, Drew Brees came out and said some comments yeah. about 
the flag, uh, disrespecting, and uh, as, as uh, your, your father of the military, um, see why he has military in, in his family. Um, my brother's a current active duty Air Force, 20 years of San Antonio. Um, and a lot of a lot of people have come out and said it's not about the flag. It's not about that situation. And yeah, and again, being from the South and being such a prominent figure in the sports world, you know, what's your take on that? You know, I, I feel like Drew Brees didn't get it. You know, um, a lot of people probably get mad at me because I understand where he's coming from, but you have to understand the people who are around you and you got to be educated. And I understand what he's saying, where he's coming from, but he doesn't, he didn't quite understand where we're coming from, you know? And and it's so funny how uh, people get, got so mad at him, meaning a cap of him kneeling to bring a peaceful protest, but people won't get mad at these militias carrying these racist flags, walking down the middle of the street with guns. And even though it's a peaceful protest, it can incite violence due to the, the, you know, guns being visible, the words that are coming out of their mouth. mouth. And this is a guy who's just saying, hey, I'm on a platform. I'm going to do a peaceful demonstration. You know, my dad served in the military for 30 years. You know, we had that conversation about, you know, it's, it's weird how, you know, everybody, Wants to say, well, my dad served in the military. This person, I said, yeah, go ask anybody that's black. Go ask anybody who's black. Are they upset at what Cap's doing? Are they upset that he's using this platform as a way of saying, look at what's happening to society. Look at what's happening to, you know, people of color. You know, look at what's happening to, you know, any 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 race that's a minority. So, yeah, I understand where Drew is trying to, where, where he's trying to come from, but I don't think he really fully understands where we're coming from, which takes precedent of what he's trying to talk about. Do you think that it's uh, athletes, um, I don't want to say job, but it's athletes' place, like people like LeBron uh, coming out, um, you know, prominent figures in our, our, our sports world to come out and say something, or do you think it should be somebody else to come out and, and have these kind of takes? You know, it's, it's, it's great for athletes and entertainers and anybody who has a following to come out. And, and let them know that they care, you know, and it's, it's, it's a slippery slope when it comes to athletes because sometimes you can get so emotional and then the wrong thing can come out and now you can look bad. So, you know, have to come in with a cool head and be able to, you know, speak your mind like an Obama or like an MLK or Thurgood Marshall. you got to be able to come across um, with the intellectual look so people look and say, okay, I can understand him. I can follow him. Not somebody who just come out and they know fight the power, do this, do that. You can't come out all militant like that. So, and, and I think it's not just you know people who have a platform. It's the person that's sitting at home watching this on TV, explaining it to that child, and let them understand. Like, don't hate a person for the color of their skin. Don't hate a person, race, religion, or, or, or sex. Don't hate them for that. You know, love a person until they do wrong to give you a reason to hate them. But other than that, love them because you never know when you might need that person to lift you up or, or save you. Because there's so many opportunities where, you know, cops come up on a situation where a lady's getting raped, a lady's getting hijacked, a man's getting raped, man, you know, whoever it is, and they help them. And so you can't say, okay, these these few cops did something bad. Now these cops are trying to help me. Do I refuse this help? No, because that was just a couple bad apples in the bunch. And, and, and I hope people understand that. And people won't just, you know, put, I got a lot of good friends that are cops that are black. And I don't, I'm not saying that because they're, they're black. I got some friends that are white that are cops too. I want them to be safe because at the end of the day, they do help protect us.
let me take a time out to tell you about my friends over at Soul Lounge, Houston's premier boutique for the latest fashions. Chinatown Market? Check. BBC? You know they got all that. You know Adidas? Man, they got all of that stuff too. The swag, the footwear, Yeezys, and they got everything. No Referees Podcast and Soul Lounge is partnered up to bring you a special offer for listening to this episode. Go online to soullounge.htx.com and enter promo code NORULES to get 20% off your entire purchase. That's no rules, all one word, all caps. Soul Lounge, live what you love. That's one of the hardest. That's one of the hardest jobs out here in, in the United yeah. States now, uh, law enforcement. Uh, but like you said, you know, one bad apple can spoil the whole bunch. And uh, right now, we're just seeing a lot of these bad apples come to light. You know, with technology and the way things are, and uh, they're they're doing everything now because they know they at times they can get away with stuff. Yeah. And um, until, until we continue to speak up and do what we got to do as as a as a race, you know, things aren't going to change. And hopefully, hopefully now that everybody's awake, they stay woke and uh, continue to uh, keep the light on because nobody wants to be in the dark. You know, that, you know, my 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 biggest fear is that this light is going to you know burn out, and I hope it doesn't burn out because. You don't want Floyd's death or any of these other people who've not been mentioned as much as Floyd, who died at the hands of a, a, a of a bad cop. Um, I don't want this light shine. Okay, we talk about it for a month, we talk about it for two months, and all of a sudden it's back in the back of the closet like a toy you don't want to play with, you know? Because this has been going on for years. Um, you know, people push it to the side when it's not a popular thing to do. For us, this has always been a popular thing to do: is to step up and talk about the injustice that we receive every day and the racism. So. I just hope it just, you know, it's because it's a pretty new shiny toy. Everybody's going to talk about it. I want it to be talked about at all time. Like, you know, like sports are talked about all the time. Like, you know, you know, legends are talked about forever. This should always be talked about. Well, Rob, I want to ask you a quick question. You know, myself, I'm a father of a seven-year-old son. C. White uh, is a father of, uh, of, of men as well. You know, you're a father of men as well. Just kind of give some insight on just what, you know, the conversation about how they can, you know, in the locker room with their, you know, friends or teammates that are different, different colors and how they should move through the world and things like that. You know, I, I tell them to educate themselves, first of all. Be smart. Try to spread that education. You know, don't force feed someone with it. You know, just let them know, hey, this is what's going on in my world. You know, you don't have to worry about, you know, going to a store. Uh, I remember the – I, I was at tears one time where uh, my son, who plays football with, in high school, they were all at their little meeting spot, a little pizza place, right? And the guy, it was a cop in there eating, and, and one of the guy goes over and says, "Oh, that guy, that kiddo that didn't pay." And next thing I know, he has he he goes and goes at my son because he's the biggest and the baddest kid. So he try to, you know, what you do is you take out the alpha, and everybody fall in line. You know, he goes at my son, and my son looks like I pay. I say I got my receipt. I don't care, you know, that he just went at him. Then next thing you know, you pull up, your son is in handcuffs, and you got this cop going all cuckoo on him. Like, I'm like, wow. I'm like, and you know you can't do that because he's armed, you're not. So you have to say, okay, calm down, be patient, think through the situation, 
and understand that, you know, he has a way of being taking violence to another level, meaning death. And so you just have to sometimes, you know, talk it out and just be peaceful and understand, you know, this is, a, you know, people might take this wrong. Do as the cop says. And then I told him, and I hate to say that, I said, dude, we, we know enough people. We got enough money. Well, we can figure this out in the stretch. We can sue some people and we can get some justice for you. Because it's, it's just hard to go up against a cop when he has a gun, a baton, a taser, you know, mace, so many things to help you. And all you got is, you know, right hand, left hand. You know, speaking of people uh, attacking your kids and stuff, um, a couple of years, several years ago, you had a heckler at a basketball tournament heckling you and heckling your kids. Uh, and this dude, you know, about, he looked probably about six foot, six one, came like up six and pushed five. you. He yeah. was six five, yeah. yeah. He came up and shoved you in the chest. And the next thing you know, I ain't never seen Robert Ory throw some haymakers, but I saw those haymakers being thrown. <laughs> Give us some insight on that. It, it was so funny, man. You know, it was, it, it was, it's, it's amazing what he can do to you. Hot day in Cali, and we watched the game. The guy was just, talking trash, talking trash. And then he just came and stood like right in front of me. I said, dude, why don't you move out the way? And then he looked at me and was like, F you. And then he pushed me in my chest. And I was going to let it slide. But, you know, then he started pulling off his backpack. You know, if you <laughs> hey, you in a situation like that, I don't know if he yeah. got in his backpack or he can do some things. To me, it's time to, you know, protect yourself. And so I literally you know. It was so real. I had a moment where I could have just, you know, I remember like it was like yesterday, his face was right in front of my fist and I was about to punch him. And I told myself, don't do it. It's not worth it. And I just walked away. I, I apologized to my kids for me losing my cool. And I said, you know, go out there and kick their butts. And they won that game. But, you know, for me, it was a, it was a, it was a learning moment for me and also a teaching moment for my son. I said, you know, no matter what, you know, it was he didn't cause any harm to me. I should have just, you know, called security because of who I am. You know, if I just been some dude without a name to protect, <laughs> me and him probably fighting for days or something would have happened. But you know, I told him when you're in a position when you have a, you know, when you have a name, you have to protect. You have to sometimes overcome your manly instincts or your uh, uh, and, and want to fight and then just walk away. You have to be a bigger man sometimes. Is that hard because you have that name recognition and people know you and people will try to test you and versus if you're just uh, myself like myself or C White, you know, we can get into we can get into it, people, but you know, people like yourself have to worry about lawsuits and things of that nature. Is that is that hard? It's it's hard, but you, you, you learn that because sometimes you think about, you know, your your name, your repetition, you know, what's gonna happen after this and you know, but I I think sometimes you lose your cool, but you have to I have been blessed that the people I ever hung out with, they always in a situation like that, they take over it for me. Um, I usually walk away and or I've had situations where people don't even know me and they're like, Rob, you can't handle this. Let us handle it for you. You know, it's, it's, I've been very fortunate. I know a lot of the guys don't have that, but I've been very fortunate, like I said, to be able to walk away from situations or have people take care of situations for me or just people to like either escort that person out or escort me out. I know many times going out to eat with you and some of the fellas, you know, something. And it's usually the guys who are mad when they don't, they don't get autograph signed. Yeah. Male groupies. And uh, I remember one instance we're out to dinner and uh, we're eating and a dude came over and had, was asking for an autograph. And I said, uh, can you 
let us eat. We, we're trying to chill. And he got all attitude. And I remember you told me, calm down. Don't worry about it. Just calm down. <laughs> calm down. But, uh, but yeah, I, under, I understand that wholeheartedly because, you know, my thing was me and you were out to eat. Something happens. They don't come at me. I'm like, shit, I don't make that much money. So <laughs> let me let me take care let me take care of my my money maker because yeah. as long as y'all are out there playing, I had a job. Exactly, it, it's 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 such a funny thing with people. They they, they want to. I, I remember one incident where this young lady comes over to me and asks me for an autograph, and I was like, I don't have a pen. Her boyfriend, you can see her boyfriend clearly say, "Did you get an autograph?" She says, "No," and all of a sudden he just starts yelling from across the bar, "You ain't shit." The F you, Rabador. And everybody's looking at me like, what you going to do about that? You know, so I walked over to him and I put my finger in his face because you could tell that I was like this. I said, actually, girlfriend, I sat in and have a pen. And she had, and, you know, he looked at me he's like, you know, it was one of those things where he caught me at the wrong moment. And it was like, and he just came at me for no reason because he thought I told his girlfriend no when I said, I don't have a pen. You know, and she came back empty handed. It's like, you do, calm down. You know, it's, it's it's crazy situations out there. So it's it's times that you just have to just you know shake your head and laugh at them and say this to this person is you know ignorant and you walk away. That's funny and crazy uh, autograph story. When when I was my two seasons with uh, working with C White and working with the Spurs, I had a lady come up to me one time like at halftime. We come back onto the court and like literally at halftime, she walked up and was like, "Can you?" Uh, have some, I think it was like Manu signed my hat. I'm like, lady, it's like halftime. Like, you know, what? <laughs> and then I think because I feel like she felt like she was entitled titled because she sat courtside and she uh -huh. paid X amount of dollars for the tickets or whatever. I just want to look at it like you want to say something like, you know, I just told her, ma'am, you know, uh, now that the time, maybe after the game or something like that, or maybe catch me before the game, next game, and I can see what I can do, but uh, you just get cra crazy stories. I mean, I'm sure Chris White has a bunch of crazy stories. People asking him for stuff. You know, when you're a coach behind the scenes. You know, the, everybody think that you can just, you know, get unlimited stuff signed and things of that nature. But that's not that's not the case. <laughs> I know you have to tell them, ladies. My my favorite line is when I always just tell them like, um, I'm not allowed to do that. I could lose my job. <laughs> you know, that's the favorite. That's the favorite thing I tell them. <laughs> just tell them you lose your job if you got to do it. Just tell them that. <laughs> What was one of the craziest uh, uh, autograph stories or things you heard, or, or or was one of the craziest parts of the body you had to sign, or crazy thing you had to sign? I, I think the craziest story was back in '94. We had just came from um, back from New York playing in the final. We just, um, you know, I think the series was we were, we were down in the series three to two, and um, we got back, and all these fans were at the airport. And they used to, where we had to park is anybody could come up. So they had to escort us out. And this girl, like, like ran in front of Vernon's. I don't know if it was Vernon or, or Kenny. Or, it was one of the guards, car, Mario or Sam, ran in front of the car and kind of got bumped. And, and they was like, oh, you know, the player was like, oh, crap, oh, crap. She said, no, it's so fine. I just wanted to come over and give you a hug. And then she pulls out her breast and said, can you sign my, you know, breast right here? And I was like, he was like, he says, I had to. I had bumped it with my car, so I had to sign the autograph. So, you know, you got crazy things like that that happen, but it only happens when you make it to the finals. That's the crazy thing. If you don't make it to the finals, fans are not going to do crazy stuff or meet you at the airport or anything like that. Well, unless you're in San Antonio because that's all they got. They always at the airport. <laughs>
Thanks for sitting down and joining us for part one of the Legendary Legends series featuring Robert Ory. It was cool to get some inside stories from Robert on his upbringing in Alabama, how he dealt with those social injustice issues back in the day and still today going on currently. It was also cool to talk to Rob about some of the songs he's been featured in hip hop wise over the years from Lil Wayne to Future to Travis Scott. Please stay tuned to part two of the Legendary Legends series where Robert talks about his time with the Rockets, Lakers, Spurs, and some of the game-winning shots that you know him from. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the No Referees Podcast. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this show and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on social media at No Referees Pod. For the next episode, we out.